Greetings. The show is called Christ Talk, and I'm your host, Brother Bill. The subject today is going to be death. Oh, that doesn't sound like much fun, does it? Seriously, though, did you know in the pre-pandemic times, about 150,000 people globally died? I don't have the statistics for after that, but think about that for a minute. That's pre-COVID-19. About 48,000 of those were from some type of coronary disease. About 28,000 from cancers, various cancers, and 72 from terrorism. Just to put everything in perspective, if you haven't considered what happens when you die and where you go, or if you don't believe in an afterlife, stay tuned because we're going to be talking about it Unpleasant or not, it's a serious issue, and we urge you to give it some thought. I'll be right back. All right, we're back. The show is called Christ Talk. The subject is death. And if I didn't make it clear, those numbers that I quoted earlier, those are daily numbers. About 150,000 people every day died. Uh, I think that was uh, statistics for 2017. And uh, I'll have to look and see if I can recall the source. That's a lot of people, folks. Kind of makes me wonder. So, if you haven't considered the subject of death and you're an unbeliever, I I cannot strongly urge you enough to consider it. What happens to you when you cease to exist on this planet, do you simply stop and no longer exist? Do you believe in an afterlife? Well, if you're a Christian, I've got good news for you. You're heaven bound. And if you're a Christian, you already knew that. But if you're not a Christian, you might be wondering, how do I escape? Well, Hebrews 9.27 says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. That means, biblically speaking, most people are going to die. And when I say most, is there an exception? Well, there appears to be an exception, and I believe there is. Uh, I'm reading from the King James Bible now. It's called the rapture. They call it the rapture. The Bible doesn't actually use the word rapture, but... It's called the rapture because everybody is presumably filled with bliss, let's put it that way, because they're caught up to be with the Lord. And here it is, 1 Corinthians 15, 52, from the King James Bible. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. That means they'll become immortal, and we shall... be changed. First um, Thessalonians 4.17, after that, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we always be with the Lord. So, if you happen to be one of the folks alive and you're Christian, when the Lord descends from the heavens and returns and you're caught up in the rapture, I guess you could say you escaped death that way. But I would not count on it if you're not saved or you don't 
know Jesus as your personal Savior. Now, I hate to make this sound like a commercial for Jesus, but seriously, um, I can't be more impressed to allow you to know the gravity of the situation and the enormous risk you're taking. And I'm not here to try to scare you because truthfully, as bad as the lake of fire is, and as bad as it may be to miss out on paradise, the real tragedy is missing out on God's love. To be eternally separated from the strongest, deepest love that you could ever know. God bless you. This is Brother Bill. The show is Christ Talk. Give that some thought and I'll be back again in a few moments. Hey, this is Brother Bill and this show is called Christ Talk and we're talking about the subject of death. I apologize for the interruptions. I happen to have a 15-pound black and white cat named Moo. And I think every time she interrupts me, I'm going to play the transition where the cow moves. I apologize for making light of everything in the middle of such a serious subject. But she likes to go across my computer keyboard, and sometimes that kind of messes things up a little bit. All right. Well, here we are. We, now you have it. Death. Is it real? Well, we know that. What's the old saying? Uh, nothing's sure but death and taxes. Well, I got to tell you something else. There's something else that's sure that you can count on. That's God, the word of God, his promises. They're all real. They really do exist. It's not some stupid fable like some people would have you believe. And yes, I really do believe there will be a rapture. And if I happen to pass away and die before the rapture, I'll still be caught up because it says the dead in Christ shall rise. Wow, that sounds kind of exciting to me. Now, death sounds kind of like a bad deal at first blush when you first take a look at it. And I kind of have to agree. I didn't always have exactly the right perspective regarding death. I mean, nobody actually wants to die. This is such a great world we live in, right? Okay, well, let's look at it this way. Remember all those statistics I threw at you about people dying every day of all these different diseases? Well, there's a whole bunch of lists of other things that, you know, people die of every day. There's car accidents. I think I remember somewhere not too many years ago where it was something like 50,000 people died every year of car accidents. So I don't know where that fits in with the statistics that I read. However, that's uh, 50,000 a year, not uh, the other statistics were on a daily basis. The point is, if you believe dead is dead, that's kind of a scary thing, isn't it? If you're an unbeliever, uh, Mr. Unbeliever, are you uneasy talking about death? Uh, or perhaps you just shrug your shoulders and say, hey, dead is dead. That's the end. It's all over. I no longer exist, and nobody will remember me. Well, let me ask you this. Don't you think that's a little tragic? You'll never see your loved ones again. You'll never be able to have anything really permanent. You, you won't be uh, immortal or eternal. I think that's a little odd um, because I really believe we were meant to live eternally. 
And of course, we were meant to li be living eternally with God. <coughs> now, that verse I read <coughs> about becoming incorruptible, that was referring to immortality. Because once you're resurrected with Jesus, you will not die again. On the other hand, there's this thing about the lake of fire and the second death for the evildoers. And I guess I hate to say it, some of those unbelievers, maybe all of them. Well, let's put it this way. If you don't know Jesus, you don't get to go to heaven. I really, really want to impress upon you. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just trying to wake you up. So, okay. Why would a kind and loving God create death? Well, he didn't start it out that way. Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled against God. Creation fell. And here's the thing. A lot of people want to blame God because people die. Actually, death is an act of mercy on God's part. He has assigned a specific period of time for people to live. And yeah, I do believe there's a time when God calls people home, or uh, especially pertaining to Christians. But here's, here we, here's where I'm going with this. Think about the condition of the world. Think about all that disease and terrorism. And think about the direction the world is going in right now. It's not pleasant. It's not nice. So, would you want to be immortal in such a world? Now, you may be perfectly happy. Maybe you're perfectly, I mean, maybe you're super rich. You had came from a, a well-off family. You've got your cars. You've got your mansion. You've got all these other things. And, you know, there was, I believe, a rich man who came to Jesus that was pretty well-off. And Jesus spoke something to the effect of, Thou fool, tonight thou soul will be required of thee. Kind of scary. Yeah, I know. And I'm not trying to be scary, but I want you to have the truth. Now, there's a lot of people who preach a gospel and say, God is love. Oh, forget all about hell. We won't talk about that. God is love and he is all those things. But He's. it depends on your perspective. If you're saved and you're a Christian, you're on solid ground. All other ground is sinking sand, as the song goes, as the old hymn goes. So I want you to give that some thought and understand death is part of a system that God created. Uh, it's called space-time. Uh, I think your scientists would be able to tell you a little bit more about that than I actually would, although Albert Einstein had it right. And when you think about it, and, and by the way, when you, when you make a cell phone call or a call, or rather a uh, transmission on your GPS, that's adjusted because of the time dilation effect. In other words, the farther you, away from the planet you get, time passes at a different rate. It slows down. So what happens, there's an algorithm that adjusts for it. Otherwise, our GPS systems wouldn't work. They'd be off all the time. They wouldn't work. And so, giving that as scientific evidence of the effect, you got to kind of wonder if you're out there 
far enough away, wherever heaven is, doesn't it make perfect sense that you are then, therefore, in eternity, which actually means now, eternally, now? Yeah, there was a, a, a theologian, I think his name was Buber, Berber, Martin Berber, something like that. He said a profound statement, two words that really stuck with me, <laughs> even though his name didn't. He said, God is. That's it. Just God is. Wow. You know what? When Jesus was brought before, I think the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin or whatever it was, and they asked him if he was the son of God. I always thought originally when I was first a Christian, his answer, which was, ye say that I am, was kind of evasive. But you know what? I understood, the, I learned about the culture and whatnot. And basically what he was saying was, from your mouth comes the truth. What else could come from your mouth but, but the truth? In other words, he was affirming that he was the Son of God. Well, think about that phrase, I am. Not I was, not I will be, not I can be, not I want to be, but I am. Where God exists in eternity, it's always now. Time does not exist as we know it. Now think about that and think about living under the within the context of space-time as we know it. At some point, God created space-time to fulfill his will and give each of us whatever amount of time it takes <coughs> to be presented with the opportunity to hear the gospel to accept him as Lord and Savior. And then at the close of space-time, which will be when Jesus returns, we will go into eternity, where it's always now. Now think about that. There won't be a, a then, a when, and all that other stuff. It'll just be eternally with God if you're saved and you're a Christian. And if you are a Christian, that's really great news. I'm probably not telling you anything new that you don't already know. But as I said, I'm hoping that this will, uh, show, Christ Talk, will reach out to some of these unbelievers who have been fooled and miseducated and told you can't prove there's a God. Of course you can prove you're, there's a God. All you got to do is look in the mirror. Bible says they're without excuse just based on general revelation of his creation on this planet. So you don't have to know. I'm guessing uh, some people are going to resist the idea. You don't have to know every detail about everything, but you can count on God, and you can know that there is a God. You can prove there's a God. You just can't do it by the methodology, perhaps, that science might require. Okay? But I want you to understand something. Science... You know, science has uh, supposedly got this rule about repeating things. You know, well, if you can't repeat the experiment, uh, you can't really prove it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not probably explaining it in the best way possible. But think about that. And then think about this. 
cosmology or astronomy, when they think about an exoplanet, how do you think they found the exoplanets? All right, well, so, some methods involve using the transition of the planet in front of the star. In other words, they point a really strong telescope out there and they watch the light dim. It's just very almost imperceptible, but, but you have a powerful telescope, you can do it. And the, when the planets transit or pass in front of their star, which is their sun, the light dims. And therefore, they infer or deduce and come to the conclusion that there is an exoplanet there. Well, I always wanted to ask, what if it was a big, fat, giant, green alien spaceship or something? Okay, I, so I watched Independence Day one too many times. But you get my point. They do it by inference. When the Hadron Collider over there in CERN fires up subatomic particles and starts shooting them at a super rate of speed, nearly light speed is my understanding, to crash these particles together when they look for antimatter and other subatomic particles like the Higgs boson particle, they literally tell that these particles exist by smashing them together. It's by inference, folks. All right, I don't know about if there's a direct observation way to see those particles crash together, but they can tell the particles are there. The planets, the exoplanets are there. There's another method, and I forget what it is, and so I can't really talk about that right now, but many of them, those exoplanets, are discovered, and that's actually probably the more reliable. I, I know there's another uh, method, but I it just escapes me right now. I think the transition uh, method is uh, probably the more reliable. But either way, they use the same methods that you could use to come to an understanding that God exists and that he's real. What? Well, think about that. Why does science or why does anybody get to dictate to God the terms with which you use to believe or disbelieve in God, the methodology. All I'm saying, folks, here is, is allow people to use the same methodology. You can see the results. I mean, I know we're not supposed to say swear by the heavens and whatnot, but it just blows my mind. We've got a calendar, and, and they see they there's forces out there that even want to erase that. Remember? The calendar, B.C. and A.D., they want to get rid of that. B.C. was before Christ, Anno Domini. Okay. All I'm saying is the calendar was forever marked because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So historically, I believe it's about as proven as you can get that Jesus rose from, rose from the dead. He appeared to many people, not just his apostles, not just Mary, etc., etc., and he was there for quite a while. But people don't want to believe it. Oh, they go, well, there's no scientific basis for the resurrection and, you know, that God exists. And hogwash. There's plenty of evidence. God's a creator God. Look at the universe. All right. I'm just trying to make my point. The death is real. Heaven is real. The lake of fire is real. 
and you're missing out on the love of God and the tenderness of his love and mercy and the blessing of his Holy Spirit and all the good things. And what for? Because you don't want to acknowledge God exists. Why? Bible says the fool has declared in his heart that there is no God. Do you want to be a fool? Are you going to be foolish? Of what benefit could you possibly gain by rejecting God? It's just not the smart thing to do, folks. It isn't. And I know people don't talk like this generally about these subjects, but I'm not trying to make light of anything here, folks. I'm just trying to find a different way to get the message across to the people who don't believe in Jesus and don't accept Christ and don't think that God's real. And they have all these made up, I call it make-believe excuses because they've been taught make-believe excuses in some of the highest universities and colleges in our lands. And by the way, I'm literally <coughs> saying that if your professor doesn't believe in God and doesn't know that God exists, he's not really going to be able to correctly interpret reality and help you with spiritual matters. Now, they have a great, uh, I don't know what you call it, a method of belittling people, and belittling people who believe in God and go, you know, as if that, well, that's just called plain ignorance. No, it's not. It's more of the truth than they could ever imagine. There's a Bible verse that applies to them. It's, it's professing themselves to be wise. They became as fools. Yep, that's it, folks. Those people who have worked so hard to destroy Christianity, to cause people to disbelieve in God, the judgment day is coming for those people, folks. And some of you have become victims of them. You've been miseducated. Now, I'm not saying if you went to medical school to become a doctor that an unbeliever, a doctor who doesn't believe in God, couldn't teach you how to properly set a cast or do doctorly things, if you will. But what I am saying is in spiritual matters and in certain things, even his mindset, worldview, whatever you want to call it, is going to be skewed, and he's not going to be accurate in everything. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody that's a Christian is going to always be right about everything either, because we're in a fallen state, in an imperfect world, and we're imperfect beings, and when we follow up on religion, we're trying to understand, and we're trying, if you're sincere, we're trying to understand what God expects of us, and we're trying to do the right thing. Now, what more can you ask of a person? I'm not asking you to follow a bunch of legalistic rules. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. I'm not trying to say that you should uh, surrender to Old Testament law. I, I'm not saying any of all those things. I'm just simply saying God loves you. Death is real. It's a certainty. You know that, and I know that. Where are you going to spend the time after that, which will be eternal? outside of the space-time continuum. I'm Brother Bill. The show is called Christ Talk. Time for another break.
Hey, this is Brother Bill, and this is the show called Christ Talk. I hope I haven't upset you too much. It's not my intention, but it's possible that I could have, and it's not really something that I enjoy doing. But I think you deserve the truth as a human being, as a person who has a soul, as a thinking person who has a mind. I really pray tonight, as we close the show, you will give all of what I said some consideration. Think about where you might spend eternity. Now, I know some of you might be millennials listening in. Hopefully, there's some. And you might be thinking, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm only 30-something years old or whatever. I'm too young to worry about dying and death now. But the truth of the matter is, there's no guarantee. People get run over. I was driving down the freeway one day, and I watched a guy who wasn't paying attention in a convertible rear-end an 18-wheeler. There wasn't much left to the top of the car or him. And in an instant, he was gone, and he looked like he might have been in his middle 30s. I don't enjoy telling you the gruesome stories, but I want you to understand It's your life. God respects your free will. If you turn your back and say no to God, eventually God will give up because you've said no enough times. I don't want that to happen to you. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will, I want you to be one of those whosoever will people. Believeth on him, shall not perish and have everlasting life. God bless you. Have a good evening. The show is Christ Talk. I'm Brother Bill, and it's time to say goodbye. God bless you.